Regeneration through education. Let's run down the halls, speak out of turn, break a few rules and have an honest conversation of why schools need to change. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is, welcome to our podcast, Regeneration Through Education. My name is Sal Gordon and I'm the Head of Teaching and Learning at Green School Bali. At Green School Bali, we believe the purpose of education is to prepare people and communities for the future. We believe that the purpose of education is to build a culture that moves us towards a sustainable future. And it's teachers that make this happen in schools. I believe that teachers are superheroes and the educators at Green School Bali are some of the top most innovative teachers on the planet. And our teachers, they create innovative, fun and transformative learning experiences every day. One such teacher who lives and breathes regeneration through education is Jeff Huskinson. We're super lucky to have Jeff here to talk about how he is educating for sustainability. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks for being with us today. Absolute pleasure, Sal. Thank you very much. Uh, so you've managed to find somewhere quiet? No, no. no. I, I'm tucked somewhere between parents, Zumba and uh, primary school mud wrestling, and I've secreted myself away up here in my science block building in the hopes that there may be some clarity on my voice today. Uh, you sound great and it's and it's cool. I'm really looking forward to us having a conversation um, nice. about regeneration through education and specifically high school science is what you teach. Um, and and yeah, I think it's something that's quite normal in a, in a wallless school in the jungle where People like you and I who want to do some recording are running around frantically five minutes beforehand trying to find a quiet place. It's uh, a sign of being at Green School Bali. Amen. Let's get to know you a little bit, uh, Jeff. Um, Let's get to know you a little bit. Tell us something about your childhood. Tell us something specifically about school in your childhood. Do you have a favorite memory that you could lead us through uh, from when you were a kid at school? A child at school, I have to say my favorite memory was probably when I wasn't there in that I, I, uh, I have some of my finest memories where uh, being away on trips, being out and about, out of the classroom. Um, and I was very fortunate to be uh, sent to a school that um, took us off and out and around, uh, not just Ireland and all around the country, but uh, we also had the opportunity to go off island, so to speak. And uh, I remember going to Morocco uh, with a school trip once where we were involved with uh, traveling out into the desert with the Bedouins and we played Irish music to them and they played their music to us. We were in the desert uh, cooking bread and under the sand, uh, checking our shoes for scorpions. And then we were up in the mountains five days later and uh, we, we really had an opportunity to get to know the people and the sort of quieter offset parts of Morocco. Uh, and that would stick out to me as a, as a, as a school memory. Uh, again, any younger than that it's funny how the memory fades pre-eight i don't know what my formative years did to me but i definitely came out with uh, a love of nature and a love of being outside and a love of the of science and biology and how things worked and how mm. things broke uh which i did a lot of and then just trying to see if i could fix them yeah. uh and so i that i think that rather uh, that was really what was infused in me both in my surroundings as much as my school but Favourite memories from school? Yeah, being outside of the classroom, for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's a common question I ask it all the time, and I don't get many uh, answers about being in classes, rote learning, and doing exams. I get I get a lot of a lot of that. Tell us the other side, the flip side. Um, what did you learn at school that was a total waste of time? To put it bluntly, yeah i i am I am strongly of the opinion that I don't think anything is a waste of time unless. Uh, perhaps one could be more efficient with one's time, but certainly I think any time spent doing anything, even doing nothing sometimes, that ability to be bored as a child, mm-hmm. and what did you then do with that? Um, and there were classes I, w- I was bored in. There were certain things I really didn't like. It's a strange thing to say as someone who loves physics, um, that physics class, I really hate. I didn't like it. I really didn't like being in physics class. I didn't understand why it was useful. Um, and it wasn't really until I was older and I was working on the farm and we had machinery and uh, things. We were looking at mechanics and, and, and that's where it really started to play into things. Tying knots, you know, I, uh, I, and, and fixed, you know, pulling things, pulling trailers out of swamped land on a farm and things like that. Uh, that all came from being active and busy. But yeah, what was a waste of time at school? I spent quite a lot of time in detention. I, you know, that's that kind of thing. But uh, no, I, I look back at pretty much believing that most of what you do through your life has always got some learning in it. Uh, I mm. think making the learning efficient is probably the best thing you can do. Uh, that leads, that's really cool. That's a good, different answer. Hey, um, that leads sort of to the next thing I was going to ask you, um, because you've obviously got a love of learning, a love of how things work and how things break and then you fix them and that science. Um, that's, li- you know, you, you've become an educator. Mm. Give, us a, give us a bio because I'm pretty sure there's a lead in from what you talk about in terms of what you really loved at school and then the concept of learning, always learning, and you've become a teacher. So give us a little bit of a bio of you as an educator. Oh, as an educator... How long have you been teaching? Yeah, I've been teaching now for 10 years. Uh, Previous to that, I uh, had an environmental business in Ireland. It was a family business. And so I was working uh, recycling organic waste onto land. And we were uh, doing quite a lot of work with water treatment and um, soil analysis and and, uh, growing crops and looking to find alternatives to artificial fertilizer and uh, putting that into taking organic waste from um, the meat industry, from the creameries, from sewage, taking a lot of municipal wastes out and treating that and using that as a, as a way of conditioning soil. So I that was, was before you were a teacher? That was before I was a teacher. But then, of course, that yeah. love of biology and what sent me into that was that I, I had it tapping on me on my shoulder, Sal, since I was 18, 19 years old, that said to me, actually, I, I just love being with people that are interested in learning and I love sharing my experiences and I like I like to sort of play with people's minds a little bit and uh, to sort of eke out problems and and I think that shift into teaching really allowed me to sort of to use more of the strings on my bow so to speak and that mm-hmm. I felt I, I I felt that that was something I would be good at and uh, I think that came to be the case because I really loved it and uh, mm. I move into teaching um, started in the south of England I trained there and I was first employed as a physics teacher and uh, I worked in a large um, state school on the south coast of England uh, 1600 kids and and mm-hmm. all the full cross-section of society there it was challenging it was tough 
Um, but I think, who am I as a teacher? I think my old headmaster said to me one day, he said that students will only remember how you made them feel. Hmm. They will not remember the stuff you taught them. And as a result, I think if you would have underpinned uh, my my teaching with a word, I, it would have to start with kindness. Um, it has to start with creating a safe space for students, not just in the classroom, but out of it, all around the place, all, all around campus. I like to try and treat our students with kindness. I have a reputation, style of being quite uh, being quite strict, being quite firm. I hope also fair, but I, I'm a big man on manners. I like to make sure that people know their, their, their pleas and thank yous and there's respect shown to every member of the community. Um, but then, yeah, I hope my passion and my enthusiasm for my, yeah. my subjects comes through and I, and I have high expectations of my students. I want them to challenge themselves. I want them to challenge me. And I hope that my students get to know me as a human rather than some of the robots that taught me back in my day. Yeah, right. You're so old school, but new school as well, all at once. I try. I try. Yeah. yeah. Old I mean, school, I, new school. When did you join Green School? I, I, mean, joined, I, I joined Green School. I joined Green School 2019. I came here just before the dreaded COVID came through. Yeah, so, yeah old school, new school, for sure. I, yeah. uh, you know, we talk, let's talk about that later. But yeah, let's not talk yeah, about that later. <laughs> I, um, I, I joined Green School 2019, and it was funny. I, Green School came up on my radar about three or four years before I came here. And it was flagged to me by some mutual friends. And they said, oh, you'd be perfect for this place. It's just your kind of thing. And you should look at it. And then I looked at it and thought, wow, I mean, th there's a pipe dream. Um, but I thought, well, these things will happen if they're meant to. Hmm. And through the sort of diaspora of Green School community and people I knew, it kept coming up on my radar. So I eventually... Uh, through an application and once i had the uh once i had been teaching for five years and um waited and hoped to be honest and uh kyle king who was old uh head of high hi school kyle. yeah hi kyle if you're here uh thank you very much sir for believing in me you uh you you rolled the dice and 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 let me let me travel the world to come and see you all here and be part of it um motivation was, was it sustainability yeah motivation sustainability mm. projects nature all of it. Why green school? Yeah, my motivation for coming here was I. Again, it sort of it it resonates back to that feeling of having feeling I had more to give. Uh, I, I I was teaching science and it was very prescribed. Uh, you will be doing this at fifteen minutes into the class, and you will be doing this at third, and they will do this worksheet. It was very foie gras sort of education, mm. and um, I found that I found I was doing something I didn't really believe in its impact on the kids was necessarily that beneficial for them as as humans and uh, i wanted something that allowed me to, to to do music and mechanics and carpentry and 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 to bring some of my experience from being the transport manager of a, of a organic logistics uh, business in ireland and and uh, to bring some of that life experience with me that I never was exposed to at school and I think should be such a central part of, mm. of what we do as educators for our students. Um, but don't get me wrong, of course, uh, I wanted to travel the world and uh, I'd like to work in a smaller community. I, I come from a small community, so therefore that sort of feels like my, my, I want to know the students' names. Mm. And also, you know, my kids are here and Sal, wow, to, to be teaching a classroom and finding chickens and dogs 
chasing each other through your lab and then suddenly it's hello daddy is there marching past covered in dirt picking up insects and and you know working through the jungle and suddenly i see my kids living it yeah. and for me to have been able to give that to my kids i think i, I will i will I'll, I'll die a proud man just to it, see what it yeah. did for them it is a privilege isn't it us uh, teachers who've got kids at our school um oh, i've got the same memories it's a privilege mm. so as a high school science teacher at green school barley you get to do a whole lot of fun things um and science is all about you know understanding life and how it works and how we work and how we're connected so i mean that just leads you to fun things tell us about a few of your favorite green school science learning experiences the second i stepped in the door I, it started yeah. it's uncanny i remember i am pack driver jesse driver came yeah. up to me and sort of sidled up to me and said so jeff who are you and what do you like doing and he listened to me attentively for a couple of minutes and he goes ah could you do this and he asked me if i would be interested in taking on a carpentry class to build these podia for um bali mun the, the model united nations it was being held in in at green school that year and he just didn't have capacity to do it himself he needed someone to do it and i thought great no problem at all i'd love to do that three days later i was doing it we started and yeah, the right. kids designed and came up with it in the ihub mm. i mean my my home place is the ihub it's hands-on mm. practical stuff and they designed and built their prototypes and their models and we built them and, and and seven weeks later we had 12 podia all made designed built and and sort of we made an ikea flat pack version of it all so that, oh, yeah. that was my first night i thought wow things happen here whereas that would have taken three months of red tape and planning to do anywhere else but that's where it started and since then i've done uh, a favorite of mine is my angry birds class which is where we build a full-scale angry birds game complete with catapult and bases and using newtonian physics we try and figure out how can we make something fly and what are the forces that are affecting it and kids are you know full waging war against each other my two classes firing things around the 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 field outside and trying to destroy each other's bases using what they've learned in class yeah i've had mechanics classes where we've taught kids how to service their bikes uh we've worked on the bio bike here um under the biobus program um i've taken kids sailing we've built yurts we've worked with the bamboo carpentry team here uh in biology i've taught some advanced biology uh looking at genetics and biotechnology with our high school students but also i've gone uh, i just gardened and i've been out i've been out looking at permaculture and how do you grow tomatoes and recently last block how do you grow chickens efficiently and what are the what are the factors involved um but then also my practical arts classes as well i mean i've 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 loved uh, getting students to build machines and 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 sort of kinetic sculptures and how do you get things to move smoothly so physics is hidden in behind mm -hmm. bearings and friction and forces and levers and moments and all these other little bits that used to be so prescribed in my last school are just hidden in these hands-on projects that i get to do my get my students to do and, and it's and it's a pleasure i'm doing pendular art with my uh, practical arts class this block oh, is that the, is that the uh the parabolic waves the parabolic yeah. waves oh, physics so beautiful oh, isn't it yeah. so it's the patterns and it's you know you mm. see physics in everything it's so it's so easy to find the relevance and the co-curricular and cross-curricular opportunities to to bury physics and science in in the way we live here on campus and so it's it's so much fun it's so much fun and, and i hope the students feel the same way it sounds 
you know, I mean, I taught science in Australia. I taught chemistry and biology in high school. Um, I didn't teach a lot of physics, but it sounds like science here and specifically your science classes provide students with sort of different learning opportunities. Um, you know, it's not out of the book and it's not just for an exam, but it's to do something with it. So what are, in your classes do you think are like different? What are standout differences in your science classes than what you would be doing back home in the UK? I think to just put a highlight on what I did back in the UK, the UK was so content focused. And mm. so do you know this stuff and can you regurgitate it? There was no application. There was no use of that in their lives afterwards. But I think here, the opportunities that we have to allow our students, once they are introduced to a subject, to have personalized projects, projects that are cross-curricular, but they're sort of adapted and therefore assessed on each individual student's strength. And we can identify an area of growth for that student and use that project as a, as a vessel to, to travel on that journey. And there's teamwork and there's mm. collaboration, there's communication, uh, there's yeah. all that stuff that, it, that, that we live thinking in. Critically, yeah. Thinking critically, thinking creatively. Correct, yeah. yeah. And, and being able to adapt. I mean, God knows things go wrong. If Murphy's Law is an Irish thing, my God, it's a Bali thing. Uh, if anything can go wrong, it will, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I love that about living here. Things don't go according to plan and you've got to be innovative and you've got to be resourceful and you've got to be patient and you've mm. got to be practical and um that's a learning experience for the students yeah. too to see the teacher bending like bamboo Completely. and being innovative yeah and having that ability to 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 get exposure to the practical stuff like um taking kids sailing and showing them the physics of sailing i know that my dad will be will be glowing with with thoughts my dad he was a, he's a sailor and pushed me out into a boat at a very young age and hoped yeah. i came back but yet tying knots and figuring out how to how to Use, that's a useful thing to do. Yeah. Uh, using power tools and, as I said, being known to service your bike and service your car. And on top of all of it, being able to go out and make a difference to the people around you and right. the community around you and to take those things home and use them. And I just don't think that was ever on the cards uh, yeah. where I taught before here. And, uh, and, and often what was looked at. And for, for us, like, you know, embedding a sustainability outcome or a way for students to activate their learning rather than just you need to learn this. Remember when you're teaching a class and a student puts their hand up and says, is this going to be in the exam? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, well, no. yeah, and, yeah. And so, so, we, so then they start writing it down. Um, but to be learning for more than just an exam and explicit sustainability like i said we think that education should be moving us towards a sustainable future well how are we going to do that well we need to embed sustainability outcomes into our learning experiences it sounds like that's what you're doing too and i love that it's so student-led here i think that yeah. i mean some of our finest projects and our finest programs and some of the greatest things that happen here on campus came from uh, came from student thought and of course you know the biobus which is the baby right. was was handed to me by kyle i mean it's just mm. You know, it does so much 
of what we let's do. Let's go there. Let's go there. Because you're not allowed to have favourites. Yeah. No, you're I not do. allowed to have favourites, but, but, but you can have a favourite. Oh, yeah. And one of my favourites, and I think it's one of your favourites as well, is the Biobus program. Mm. Um, there's a, there's videos on YouTube. There's videos, links on our website. I think the students have done TED Talks and things like that and presented it at, at different conferences and, and everything. But the Biobus program is pretty cool. Can you describe the Biobus program first and then give us a little bit of history uh, how it started, how it developed, and some of the more impactful projects of the Biobus program. This is an hour, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, go for it. Maybe, I'll cut you I off. mean, yeah, I mean, please do. But yeah, yeah it, it's it it started from students spotting that there was a requirement for us to address the way we got our community to and from school, and as our community grew. Um, it started to appear that there were more and more people coming from the larger space around Bali, from Uba to Changu and, and further afield. And transport, public transport is not really a thing here in Bali. It's everyone on scooters. And of course, students aren't old enough to ride them. So we've got to, we, they need to be driven here. Hmm. And the students picked up on two things. It was uh, Pat Kyle again. I think it was previous to his, uh, his, his tenure as head of high school, but more of uh, head of maths in, in the high school. And the wonderful things that happened in our homerooms and advisories, there was a discussion about this. And it came to the idea whereby, yes, we should be getting our students into buses. And then they came up to say, yes, but buses run on diesel and maybe that's not great either. Um, what else could we do? And what about biodiesel? And then, of course, the penny dropped that we've got cooking oil everywhere here on this island. And it can quite easily be turned into biodiesel and buses can run from them. And they said, what about exploring that? And students went out looking for companies that did this and they rode around trying to find places that actually, because there's a mythical place called Lingus Hijau that was somewhere and eventually they found it. Just there was this company that made biodiesel from cooking oil, partnershiped up with them. And um, a fleet of buses was born that uh, didn't bring more carbon into our environment. It used carbon that was already recycling through the organics of our biosphere. And there it was born. And suddenly it was based on community, transportation and education. And the tendrils of education from that project have just, just disappeared into across the horizon. There are mm. so many different educational opportunities that come up from the Biobus program. Uh, again, we've only got an hour, but it's, it's fantastic. I've taken kids to Surabaya to go and look at larger biobus um, or, or biodiesel plants to see how it's done on a large scale. And then we've taken it into the biolab and shown them how it's done here on a small scale. And they can see the chemistry and they can see how what's actually happening. You can look at fuels and the history of fuels and the combustion engine. And you can look at what the difference is between diesel and petrol engines and why there are some issues with using biodiesel. But we've persisted on running our, our our fleet on this and and it comes with its issues with it being quite caustic and quite acidic and it damages the gaskets on the engines and you can see that and and the students can actually experience that when their bus breaks down sometimes because it it does happen you know when you get a little bit of sweet corn stuck in the injector that's <laughs> not the injector but you know that's that's the problem and um on top of that, we look at um, the logistics. We look at, yeah. um, at, at how do you plan a transport business whereby you're trying to get bums on seats, you need to get the buses close to their kids. Where are the kids? The data that we have to gather, the the research and the, 
the information we need to get from our community in order to serve them better. I mean, this is fantastic stuff. And then on top of that, we go to our restaurants and we try to get them to donate oil. And that's not always easy because the oil is worth something to them. And getting people, convincing them to join our join our revolution, so to speak. Um, so they're, they're still at, called the Grease Police? We're still called the Grease Police. I was out this morning um, down a road that was a sleepy town pre-COVID, but is now a very busy place full of restaurants. And we've got a whole stream of new donor restaurants that we're establishing new connections with. The students are doing it. They're running the social media. They're printing the leaflets. They're going down the streets and they're cold calling these restaurants and getting them on side. And the great thing about it is it's based on community. It's based mm. on transportation and it's based on education. And you can go down the green, the, the Pereiranan road, for example, and our community lives there and they eat in those restaurants and those restaurants know us and they see the pollution and the traffic and the, the issues of having too many cars on the road. And they want to make that difference. And as a result, we're getting this great momentum and it feels now much like it must have when Kyle and those students first started it, because it is a new place. It's, mm. uh, but students lose enter, you know, they, they get exposed to enterprise and actually small and medium business running. They get to see the spreadsheets. They get to see how the business is doing. Um, and on top of that, it just keeps evolving, keeps mm. changing. It's, mm. it's, uh, it's such a fantastic program and, um, it's always well attended. Um, I really enjoy teaching it. I, I, we make soap out of the leftover oil we make uh, during our WhatsApp classes. And we look at the history of fuel and what it did, both economically and globally and historically. And we really get to look at the whole, the whole industry of how we transport ourselves. Mm. And as it evolves, we're looking at electric vehicles and we're looking at how can we actually move it on as things change? How does our community change? And it's lovely. It just keeps re-evolving. Uh. Um, so it's, uh, that's right. what's good about this place, isn't it? The oh. opportunity to for a learning program to evolve to the needs of the students, to needs of the community, those sorts of things. It sounds, and it's pretty, pretty obvious. That, I mean, when we talk about educating for sustainability, so providing actual sustainability, real life outcomes through a learning program, rather than just learning from a book for an exam. Mm. Sounds like this is, this is the perfect thing you could almost run a whole school experience it sounds like students have got maths covered literacy science humanities practical arts coding um yeah uh, communication uh public relations marketing business sounds like it's got nearly everything but is it regeneration through education and how i think it fully complies to all the you know the, the very definition of it i mean it's yeah it's environmental consciousness uh, and it's taking responsibility and being connected with our community and our planet. And it's um, based on fostering personal growth in our students and our community and that we, we it's, it's having a positive impact. And, and if that's not what regenerative education is supposed to be, I mean, it's sustainability. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, thinking in our in systems like how does this fit into that it's 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 certainly critical thinking we have to really yeah. continuously look back at ourselves and say what are we doing and is it you know does it still fit to the model like do what do we have to change what doesn't work 
just because we've always done it doesn't mean it has to be that way always like the one constant is change and mm. i think that making sure that students have to realize that just because you've done it and it's worked it doesn't mean it always will uh and on top of that especially given that we're we're working with our local communities it's having that cultural awareness it's it's being aware of the diversity of the people um not just here but globally and that it might work here on bali but maybe it needs to be tweaked to work somewhere else i know kyle has taken the bios concept to hong kong and it's mm. a different it's a different playing field but it's uh it's also a way of students showing social responsibility and yeah. i think that that's uh that's I, I love that it just ticks so many of the boxes uh you know they're yes. responsible citizens citizens they're going out and they're being they're trying to make positive change here on bali and they're and that the biobus is such a channel for that to, to happen through and I, I love that about it it's great there's the, the other factor of that too and i'm sure you talk about uh this to your students but um you know used cooking oil once it's used over and over and over again becomes quite unhealthy yeah quite dangerous sure and so you, you it's a sustainability outcome of multiple layers so to speak too yeah, and it's the chemistry in that. You're looking at nutrition. You know, suddenly yeah. you're looking at how you feed yourself. And so, it, as you say, it just filters down through so many different aspects of your life. And uh, it, it's... And all that learning's taking cars off roads. For sure. Do you have data? We, we collect data on that. Yeah, we're auditing all the time. And, and again, that, that data changes so much because mm -hmm. we're, we've got a new community, uh, you know, post-COVID, <coughs> which we won't talk about. You know, we've got new needs. We've got a new yeah. community. The geography that we're working on is different. Our families have spread across the southwest coast of uh, of of, uh, of Bali. They they used to be just in Changu and Ubud. Now they're right the way across the south coast, and so that has changed too. But yeah, getting cars off the road and getting students into those cars if they can't get to the biobus, but also seeing how we can reduce our pollution and reduce, reduce the traffic mm. and how simply that is done through all the different methods at our disposal. As I said, we're, we're also um, coding a new carpooling app with one of the parents here on campus and uh, saying to them, okay, if you can't get into the bus, this is something you can still do. And so we're constantly mm. trying to educate and, and inform our community as to how we can still um still achieve what Viabus set out to achieve uh, just in a new a new paradigm so to speak it's just shifted um but again Viabus has grown as much as it, it stagnated as public transport buses and enclosed spaces had to during COVID we're now also we've got an ecology lab that we've the students again designed built and have and have started to put to put in place on one of our old buses and they are getting old and we are looking at renewing the fleet um, but there's a lab that they can take out to the mangroves, one of our, our, our projects down near Kuta, and the biobus facilitates that. It takes them off on their Jalanjalans. It takes mm. our students out and around the island, and um, it, it's, it continues to be a very positive, central point of what we do here. It seems to support so many of our programs. I think it's a proof point. It's one of the many proof points, whether it's a student ocean ambassadors program or seats to table. Um, the biobus is another proof point. I think that you can uh, design learning opportunities for students that, that cover what other schools and what we've been teaching um, cool. for a hundred years. You and, can design uh, these things 
and they can have an outcome on the world. Sure. Yeah. And I love, I love as how our program seems to seem to overlap and integrate with each other. Pat Francis, who I know has done one of these chats before as well, with his soap and his woe programs and his flow and his love of the ocean and his surfing programs. You're looking at the hydrology of the island and he's in the sea seeing what comes off the island and the mm. biobus is actively trying to get involved in maintaining the purity and the cleanliness of our water systems here to stop that oil ending up coming out these river mouths and, yeah. and I, it's I, I love how all our programs you you turn to any teacher on on campus and you can find an overlap on pretty much everything we're teaching from high school right the way down to the geckos and starlings um it's great and the biobus program does go right through the school from high school right the way down it's funny i was just thinking about i'm looking i'm, I'm sitting in the earliest office at the moment where i found a quiet place um i'm looking at the earliest and 520 students right now know about our biobus program all of their parents they they see that learning can have an impact on the world rather than just an impact in an exam that's pretty cool mm. It's a little bit of a flagship for us. Um, I do want to save a little bit of time. I don't know if there's questions in the chat. It's impossible to enjoy this awesome conversation I'm having with you and monitor the chat. I'll look at that in a minute. Um, anything else about the Biobus program? We've got app design. We've got community. I love the way the students got up in a recent assembly and we you'd done the, the transport audit again. And, and they really threw some data and environmental sustainable sort of mindset at our at our parents particularly um, yeah. pick good students for that basically demanding I love it when our students get up and demand that our community be better mm. um, and be more sustainable you could see uh, them sort of shuffling from foot to foot it was slightly uncomfortable for them yeah. I think because it didn't the make parents you reading it didn't make for good reading the no. days got up there and you could see the the result of COVID because we were forced into individual cars yeah and and it's it's almost fantastic that covid came and went in on some level in that it did things to the biobus program that just brought new learning opportunities mm -hmm. because if you want to break a vehicle don't use it especially here in the humid yeah right yeah 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 it just sits because there yeah, I mean, you open up a bus after after six months of being idle, and it's it smells of fungus, and there's spiders sitting in your seats. And it's a whole new science unit. To it, say. It's a whole new ecology system, exactly. So, how, how did these rhizomes get in here? Like, talk to me. Uh, but yeah, and we've had to, we very much had to regenerate the right. bio program. And I mean, it, it's there in itself. It has said, yes, here is what it was, and now things have changed due to this event, and suddenly we've got new problems. We've got new opportunities. We've got new things that we have to reinvent in order to get this back up and floating again and the students that have been with me for four or five years on on the biobus program have lived through that you know the, mm. the grade nines that came originally are you know are now in grade 12 and they have seen that pre and post and they've been through it with me mm. and uh it's been it's it's been great for our students to see that because they've seen the effect of a significant global event Mm. on a small yeah. little small to medium enterprise here on the here here in bali and and how do we now reinvigorate it how do we yeah. regenerate it to fix what's what's now a new place will, i love that too like seeing the effect of something's really important but actually doing something with that mm. is is even more important isn't it 
we could actually just keep talking by a bus, but we're not. Um, I do want to spend a little bit of time uh, seeing if there's any questions at the end, but I like to have a little bit of fun at the end. Uh, I call it um, Sal's Teacher Word Association. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, I don't know. This is not. This is off script. So I'm going to say a word, and you're going to say the first thing that comes into your mind. Um, really get down into the dark depths of your, where you're at. Oh, actually, don't go too. Don't go too. Don't go too far. Keep your teacher hat on. Teacher hat right. on. Um, all right. I'll start off with an easy one. I'll say the words. You respond. Um, science. Evidence. Good one. Nature. Nurture is the first word that jumps to my head. Nature, nurture. Oh, yeah, that's good too. The school bus. Oh. Community. Nice. Exams. Teacher hat, teacher hat, teacher hat. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nice, all. isn't it? That is you cool. were so nice there. <laughs> um, textbooks. Oh, handcuffs. Handcuffs. Oh, good one. <laughs> That's great. Classrooms? Everywhere. Everywhere is your classroom. I love that one. The future. Last word, the future. Opportunity. Nice one. Mm. Nice one. Look, I'm just going to pause there and have a look at it, see if we've got any um, any questions. Um and, you know, see the, the seamless flow of the podcast. Um, I do have one. Uh, Nick Lane. Nick Lane's a friend of ours. Hi, Nick. How are you going? Um, Nick says that I love your blending of the creativity and science. You've got two questions. You ready? Question one. Mm. The scientific process provides a roadmap for scientific inquiry. True. Do you have any particular processes to support students' creativity? Yeah. I mean... I deliberately make it hard for it to happen. I almost, it's almost like you say, this is what we're going to try and achieve. And you deliberately put roadblocks in the way. Ah, and, and as a result, you, you test their resilience, but you also test like if this, then that, like you cannot making sure that they are looking at the, the journey through mm. a, uh, through a, an experiment or a project. And being able to see where did things go wrong and how might that have been improved if that was different or if this was different and how would you do it again differently so we're constantly reflecting on the process as we go through it but also at the end and um yeah i the science creativity i'll just jump in creativity is such an individualized thing too i mean mm. i went to school and i was good at maths and science and and my arts teachers, I remember telling me, don't worry, Sal, you're not very creative. It's okay. You're good at maths and science. That's your thing. And for 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 me, you know, it took me probably 20 years to get over that. Um, but in science, it's it's such a creative subject. It's such a creative topic. Uh, you, you, but, but one answer to that might be, and you talked about providing opportunities for students to connect personally with something. Yes. So if then creativity is individualized uh, and your learning experience can be individualized and tap into the passions, uh, that also just opens up creativity to the individual as well. So rather than putting creativity in a box and saying you have to be creative like this. Um, and, I, and I've actually seen your science classes where students are doing all different sorts of crazy things and using different types and styles of creativity. 
the next yeah. question I love because the next there's a part two. We want to, hey Nick, yeah. we're still on your question, Nick. Um, and you uh, you almost got into this, but the next question is, how do you support students valuing failure? Which I love. We love failure here. In fact, it's one of our success criteria. I think it to is. Fail. Yeah. Um, I think look, failure is such a central step you know no one ever succeeded without failing several times what so they say success is failure just you 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 got up one more time than you fell down and uh yeah my my students often don't finish for example if they don't manage our time well enough uh or things that they they try to go too far based on what we have at our disposal sometimes and that's itself in in itself a, a learning. learning experience because you realize that sometimes you have to cut your cloth according to what what you can actually achieve See, yes you could go out and try and do this incredible thing and i'm not going to say to them yeah you're not going to do that because this and this and this i say go for it go for it and then you watch them struggle and you watch them get frustrated and you watch them running out of time and and, and you, you 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 sit there with them as they start to tear their hair out and think you know oh this hasn't gone well i'm like yep yeah, there's as much learning in that and and that happening as it would have been to have done it perfectly and all gone tickety boo. You sort of don't want that to happen for them. You want them to see outside in the real world things will be tough and things will mm. not always go well. And therefore, we have to model that reality for them. Yeah. Um, I don't like to do it deliberately. I don't like to go uh, in. And, I'm not, not going to go in and jeopardize something quietly while they're all at home. Yeah, you're right. No. But. <laughs> but you do want that. You do want it to be hard. You want it to be hard, and you want them to fail, uh, because that's also part of the experience. One obviously has to get the balance right between ah, actually, I am good at this, mm. and have them come away feeling that they've they've achieved. But failure is is has to be part of it. It has. It to was be. actually part of my science learning as a, as a kid. Um, mm. You know, you do uh, probably more at university where you do those full day practicals in organic chem and then your results would be a mess and you spent more time explaining why the why the experiment didn't work than you would have spent explaining why the experiment did work yeah Um, we had a disaster in the garden last last block where we went to grow tomato plants under different soil conditions and different light conditions um it was disaster like there were two flower beds that just got completely zapped by the sun and then others got eaten by the chickens and then you know it it, it was a disaster and so they all said i said what are our results going to show them and, and show us and they said oh not very much and i said yeah. yes that's what our results are and we have that's to use it. those and at the scientific method says that is still the case but now let's look and analyze that and say what what actually happened to make yeah. our results what they were Let's look yeah. at why we've got such terrible results because those are good results. There aren't yeah. a thing as Pre- bad. Predict, results. observe, explain. Uh, the explain part's really important for failure, yeah. And I love that. No such thing as a bad result. You know, I don't yeah. I don't think students should ever hang on the idea of a you know, a D or a C being, you know, mm-hmm. dreaded grades. I remember thinking that actually, you know, it, you didn't fail. You you had a journey. You yeah. you experienced something and from that you will take that with you the rest of your life and be better for it. Awesome. Look, we've run out of time. Um, I'm going to do a little outro. Jeff, it's been awesome having you here. Look, at Green School Bali, you're a part of this, uh, Jeff. We've created a new model of education. We've got a new model of how a school can look, how a school functions, like 
as and within a community and, and we've got a new way of looking at how we teach and learn in our classrooms um, we believe that schools should be communities that educate for a sustainable future and we believe that education itself is a change mechanism tool for regeneration everyone here knows that we live in a fast changing world with increasing complexity of future challenges and therefore we know that education itself needs to be fast changing we know the world needs education to change for the students that we educate and for this planet, this beautiful planet that we live on. It's a huge gratitude to you, Jeff, for sharing your teacher superpower with us today. I loved all of it from the start. I've got a little note here to highlight something, but I don't know if it's um, learning through boredom or if it's that pre-teacher experience that you've brought to education, um, whether it's the the science, your the creativity, uh, the practical arts, the holistic learning journeys that you create from, um, I don't know which part I could highlight. I'd, I'd probably have to say just, you know, that deeper dive into Biobus. And if people are interested in learning more, there's, there is a lot more information about the Biobus and includes speeches and uh, conferences, uh, videos and things like that. Please check it out on, on our YouTube channel. Um, Jeff, awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. It's a pleasure to fly the flag. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're a, you're a superpower, you're a superhero, um, just like a lot of educators out there. Okay, everyone, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Regeneration Through Education. You're awesome, Jeff. Thanks for the Green Educator team. Goodbye, everyone, and see you again soon. Regeneration through education.